All right. So before we get into the week 15 games to preview them, and as well as this salary game that you'll get to after we discuss the big storyline that came out today, Urban Meyer let go from the Jaguars. We were talking about this last Wednesday, actually, or was it Monday? Yeah. Monday, Monday. We were yeah. talking about Urban Meyer, whether or not you'd fire him midseason, let him ride it out. You, you were a staunch, uh, get rid of him. If you, if you, at this point, just let him go. Don't just leave him there till the end of the season. For me, it was like, if you're going to leave, if you're going to let him stay there after all the stuff that we saw with the bar or that we saw with the, in, with the internal stuff, I felt like at this point he had weathered the storm where they were just like, let's leave him to the end of the season. Let's not fire him. But they ended up making the move today as Adam Schefter reported. Well, well to, you know, to be clear, like, and sort of to, um, I guess, throw myself under the bus a little bit. I was saying, get rid of him unless you plan on keeping him past the season. Like if you were like, obviously if you're going to keep him, then keep him. But like, if the plan was like, Oh, let's just get to the finish line and then call it a day. Uh, I don't really believe in that. I understand the like, Oh, appeal for the next coach, whatever, whatever. I, I don't know if a coach accepts a job thinking about the way the last guy got kicked out. Right. Like it shouldn't that be the last thing on your mind, you know, be, be, be more worried about the entrance and the exit. But I just think, um, you know, honestly, like the urban stuff with the bar is one thing, like, you know, players might laugh about it behind his back or at his expense, but it's nothing really. But then when you talk about like some of the stuff that's coming out now, like the Lambo stuff, it's just like, man, we need to get him out of here. You know, I will say like, you never know if it's true or not, but there's like just been so many different stories from assistant coaches and former players and current players and both anonymous and sources who are willing to reveal themselves that like, you know, at a certain point, if you're still saying, oh, he's probably all like, you know, none of it's true. You're probably lying to yourself. Like it's, it's, you know, to some extent, a lot of this stuff has to be true. Yeah. I mean, when you think about like the next coach, cause that's always like in the back of your head, I think as an owner, it's like, we don't want to set off this precedent where coaches that potentially would want to come in and fill his spot were, would be looking over the shoulder. But this was a very rare case where he kind of just played himself out of that kind of leeway that you normally have within that first year where, I mean, if the bar is set that you can't be this bad and you'll make it past your first year, then I feel like every coach that comes in to interview or to potentially take over this job would feel very comfortable that they can they can at least reach that metric or reach that bar, that level yeah. that you're setting at. So I don't think well, like with the Hugh Jackson stuff in Cleveland, where he knew he had, where you had to know that that was a bad team and they went 0 16, they decided to bring him back for the next season. I think that's a little bit different case because it's like you can be an amazing coach and maybe they would scratch the other three, three wins maybe that season, but it's not like you're expecting that much more out of them with urban. It's like, okay, we have all this stuff off the field, but then on the field, the product was just so bad, especially after over the pack half of the season. I mean, when you look at just the offense, the production there, Trevor Lawrence has completely dropped off. And then you look at, you know, the defense has played solid when they beat the bills, but besides that, I mean, it's, they, they're kind of hanging on by a thread and then you get all this stuff. Yeah. I I think, I think it's actually pretty comparable to the Gruden stuff from earlier this year. The difference is that I guess Gruden went out a bit more amicably, like, you know, he quote unquote resigned. I mean, you never know with that stuff, but it, it does make it seem more amicable. Um, and, and I just think like, like it's, you know, the Hugh Jackson example you use, that's like one thing where it's like, okay, the team sucks, but like, it's not an absolute cancer or it's not absolutely toxic towards the culture and it's going to have long-term damage. Like Gruden needed to be out because your, your players are stuck answering questions about him every single week. That's bad. It becomes more about him than the team. That's bad. And you have the exact same thing with urban. So when it, when it, 
you're just kind of treading water with a huge accent with a Marvin Lewis for the Bengals or, you know, whoever you want to talk about, it's fine. But even Nagy this year, honestly, but um, when it becomes a serious detriment and a focal, and a focal point of the team's narrative, yeah, it's time to like cut the cup eight. So. Okay. So let's look at some odds quickly for the next coach to be for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We right now have all, there's like, like the list I'm looking at, it's like 12 deep. I'll run through the top five. Yeah, give me some good ones. Byron Leftwich is the favorite at four to one. Kellen Moore, five to one. Daryl Bevel, who's the offensive coordinator right now, 11 to two. Eric Bieniemy seven to one. And Joe Brady, seven to one. And then actually I'll give a six one because I know it's your boy, Doug I'm, Peterson, nine to one. Hurt. So so to be clear, um, this is for week one of next season or this is for like this next summer? next Jaguars full time head coach. So oh, I assume yeah, next. Yeah. Yeah. Now I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't that interim stuff because yeah. the OC would be value. Um, <laughs> yeah. Eleven to two. I mean, you're just giving me free plus five fifty there. The left, which one is super interesting to me. I think I think it makes a lot of sense. Honestly, he's, he's been killing it in Tampa. He's like had a chance to learn from Arians, be with Brady. And, 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 you know, obviously he was a former Jags QB, arguably the best they've ever had, which, you know, is what yeah, it is. Him or David, like uh, David Gerard, or it, is it Gerard or Gerard? I forget, but you know, I, what I'm talking I about. won't, yeah, I won't even try, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I think, I think that actually makes a lot of sense. You know, he's, he's built a rep for himself, chance to go back to Jacksonville, a rare player who actually has ties to Jacksonville. So I like that one a lot. Um, I think, uh, that's the one that kind of stuck out to me when you read the names is like, a, Ooh, I, you know, I hadn't considered that one and I like it a lot. So I, I guess I'd lean that way. I'm not a huge Byron Leftwich fan. I don't think he's awful, but I just think a lot of it is like, you know, you have Tom Brady, you have yeah. all these weapons. That's where I would leave myself to, you know, go for maybe somebody else, like a little bit like just miss the cutoff for people that I would bring up Brian Dable, obviously I guess, talked about on the pod. The, the way I, the way I was kind of looking at it was like, um, like, for a left switch, this opportunity is more appealing than most other opportunities because of the Jaguars connection. Whereas with some of these other guys, I feel that that other opportunities are going to be more appealing and they will come up more so than the Jaguars opportunity. Like, like in, in a vacuum, if you're talking about just like the Jaguars, well, but, no, like, but, but, but I know they have Trevor Lawrence, but, but if I'm and all the salary cap that comes with I'm, it, if I'm Kellen Moore, I still think I like Chicago better. I, I, I would take the Jags. It's an easier, really? com, it's an easier com, or easier division, I think, to compete in. And you have all the salary cap space. There's still some contracts I think you need to work out there. And then it's obviously Trevor Lawrence. I like Justin Fields, but I still would back Trevor Lawrence and all of that. And also Shad Khan, I think, has been a pretty good owner. It's not like somebody that meddles in. It seems like he gives you enough, enough leeway there. It just seems like everything there. And the fact is, you know, we he was playing so poorly, Trevor Lawrence. And we talked about it last week uh, or on Monday, actually. You know, there's not that, you know, the pressure on him. There's not the, you know, you're boring in Chicago. Everybody's a big city. Everybody's like watching your every move and criticizing everything you do, which actually it's a little bit more laid back. Well, yeah. And, and you come in after Meyer and it's, yeah. uh, it's a, the bar's low. So, so let me ask you this then of jobs that might actually be available feasibly in the off season. Is this for you the number one job? Yes. As I'm thinking about it right now, like, I mean, it's the ones that could come about i could think about like just off the top of my head chicago jacksonville raiders uh, raiders giants giants is like an off chance i don't see it being the case but that's just like, could, you have to th- yeah, yeah. And okay. everything i've read is like it won't be but it's just like it could um and there's not really the another one that i think about vikings, and, vikings possibly yeah I, I would still take the jags over them because they there's so many there's so much constricting like those those other teams when it comes to you know figuring out your quarterback whether or not he's the guy obviously trevor hasn't 
displayed the fact that he is the guy, but I would take the chance on him over anybody no, else. And sure. then you have then you have the easier division. Then you have a good owner, honestly, one of the and he is one of the richest owners in the NFL. And the fact of you know you have all the salary cap space to come along with that to build out this team how you want it to be. Yeah. So no, I, I think there's a lot of things working there. Where would you go? Um, I think I think you you bring up a valid point. I mean, the question is, do you want to go to like you know, when you're looking for a place to go, do you want to go to somewhere that's like moldable or do you want to go to like a finished product? Like, do you want to, do you want to buy an empty lot or do you want to buy like a, buy a house? You know what I'm saying? So, and, and so I feel that like, it basically comes down to the Jags, like the full basically version of like, we can do it. I can do whatever I want there. But admittedly, I only have like, you know, five, 10 guys that I really want to keep around. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, you you look at like the Vikings or I just have like Vikings Raiders. I think there's like a non-zero chance that Seahawks becomes available if it's, if Russ and Carol do a sort of him or me situation. Um, and, and so you could head that way too. And if I'm a guy like Doug Peterson, maybe I want to go that way. But if I want to build something myself, yeah, it's a pretty good like blank slate. Exactly. And that's for me where I would like, that is the appeal is the fact that I don't need to worry about, you know, if you go to Chicago, you go to Las Vegas, you go to Minnesota, there are aging pieces there that you really like, but they're aging. Like you have Dalvin cook on the back half of his career. You have Derek Carr on the back half of his career. You have Darren Waller, like these guys inching up in age with Jacksonville. Yes. They don't have necessarily the guys that you look at really besides Trevor, like miles Jack is a solid player. They've got a couple Josh solid Allen. guys, Josh Allen too. Well, any that's it. Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence. Those are really young guys. Those are ascending guys. Those are guys that you can build around yeah, as that, cornerstone pieces that you don't need to worry about. Okay. In the next three or four years, these guys might not be on my team. Now to your point, like the thing is you go to a Minnesota or you go to a Vegas and like the natural trajectory is going to be downwards. Like maybe you'll make the playoffs in the first year. Maybe you'll make it in the second year. Then you'll be six and 10, or, you know, six and 11, seven and 10, whatever. You sort of like creep your way down. And then by the time you try to turn back up for the rebuild, you might already be getting fired because you've been there for four years and you're trending the wrong way. So um, it, it is like, you know, that's why a lot of times like for a GM, a good way to keep your job is just to like blow it up. Right. Cause um, you know, once you sink to the bottom, there's nowhere to go, but up. So that's what, that's where like in the NBA, like everybody loves to, all the GMs love to trade for picks, like trade big assets for picks. Yeah, it's like, Oh, wait for 2027. It's a pick swap in 2027. Like, yeah, you got to keep me around, and that's where we're going to cash in. All right, so enough about the Jags. Yeah, let's do the. Here's what we're going to do this week. I, I um, with how interesting the playoff race is, you know, in the AFC and the NFC, I want to do this thing where we each get a thousand dollars of money to gamble on to make or miss playoff odds. So basically there's no minimum bet, but the max bet is 500. So you can't just go full a thousand on something. And uh, well, I'll keep track of both of our bets and um, you know, we'll see who did better profit loss on it by the end of the season. You know, honestly, I was hoping that more of these odds would be sort of within that like plus minus 150 vicinity, but they're actually a bit more wide out than I'd hoped, but I still thought it made for some interesting stuff. So I- I'll start, I'll go through mine. I did a hundred dollars on chiefs to miss the playoffs plus a thousand a hundred dollars on the falcons to make the playoffs plus 500 150 on the steelers to make the playoffs plus 600 and then 250 on the saints to not make the playoffs minus 500 and 400 on the 49ers to make the playoffs minus 400 so a couple long shots in there and then tried to you know get it back with a couple of the more sure things so there was it was I'm trying to keep track. It was Chiefs make, and then what was the second one? No, Chiefs miss. Chiefs, Chiefs miss. Chiefs miss. But a hundred, okay. What Chiefs miss it? ten to one. Falcons make five to one. Steelers make six to one. Saints miss five, like 
one to five. Niners make one to four. I mean, I'm glad that we don't have like I have one of those that are the same as mine. Ahead, I'm glad that we that we are different. I'm throwing a fat 500 on the Bills to make it 500 to win 167. I so hang on. Nice. Yeah, it's like my S and P 500. You know, put away like a little bit of money every now and again. Like you know, every month put away a hundred dollars in the S and P 500. You know, eight uh, percent increase every year. That's what I think the Bills are because you know. They're, they're already in the playoffs at the moment. They, they're too good of a team to not at least go three and one in their final four with Carolina, New England, Atlanta, and the Jets. Next, I got the Dolphins to make the playoffs 100 to win 750. Like then it. The Bengals 100 to win 175, 100 to win 200 on the Vikings to make it, and then 200 to win 50 on the 49ers. All right. Uh, go, give, give me the. Um... Give me those last key. You mind just reading the odds when you when you give them? Yeah, just like, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I got I got to pull I got to pull up DraftKings then. Uh, give me one sec. Okay, so the Bengals one is plus one seventy five. That's easy because it's a hundred to win one seventy five. To, to make or miss? To make. Okay. Uh, then the Vikings is plus two hundred to make. I got a hundred to win two hundred. Vikings really plus two? Are we sure about that? Yeah. I mean, I did this like an hour ago. No, so I unless... did. Let me let me take a look real quick. Yeah, yes, to make is plus two hundred. Wow. I mean, there's there's a lot of teams jockeying there for that last spot. They're tied with like four or five teams, and we we went over it on Monday. They got a tough stretch when you talk about you know going like two games versus Chicago. Not the toughest competition, but those are still pretty hard. Then you got to so go how play, much, play Green so Bay. How much was on the Vikings? A hundred to win two hundred, and then two hundred to win. 50 on the Niners minus 400. Right. Okay. You know, I, I, I was thinking like, cause when you look at, like you said, there wasn't a lot of them hovering around that. I really think the dolphins, the plus seven fifty is the value there. One yeah. game back, they got Definitely. four, they got three or four, like three, like pretty, you know, very winnable. You took all, all yeses. Very yeah. interesting. Because I didn't think there was that much value in the nose, uh, unless the Chiefs, like, you're going the for the like the, Chiefs the Chiefs. after they lose tonight. Exactly. Um, I just think that there, there's some value there, just trying to pick and choose the last teams to make it into the AFC and the NFC. So that's what I'm going for the teams that can be the last team, the last two teams in the A- NFC, and then the last two teams in the AFC. Yeah, really. so because I, I think I got, the Bills are still pro- pretty much stuck in there. All right, I got all your stuff written down. We'll come back to it in a couple weeks. Yeah, I looked at the Dolphins as well, um, but I ended up opting for the Falcons and Steelers. Um, I think the Steelers are kind of value. You know, they play the, I think they play the Titans this week, and then they have a they have a couple games against like the Browns and Ravens. But the thing is, like the Browns and Ravens are kind of falling apart. You know, mm-hmm. Browns do, Browns due to COVID, so that'll probably you know be okay by the time they play. But the Ravens are, you know as we know, very, very injured. I think the Steelers have a pretty good chance. Honestly. I'm surprised you, I'm surprised you didn't go with the, are there odds for the Eagles? I don't think they do. I don't no, think they, I, no. you, what, what the hell is this? What happened to the football team this week? Why is what, like, are they have COVID? What's going on there? Yeah. So they, they've got a good amount of guys out. I know that like, uh, they're the, yeah, I mean, with every, pretty much every team, uh, you got, you got guys, Oh, gross to 21. Yeah. They've got 21 people. 21 players on uh on covid yeah, on covid that, ir that line just keeps moving it's at nine and a half now yeah way too high but. yeah like they're missing they're missing like key guys too like you're talking about the only only interior defensive line only of the top six linemen on the active roster five of it are in the covid list and only De'Aaron Payne remains fine 
for this wow. team. And that's, you know, defensive line, <laughs> Washington football team. That's what, uh, yeah, that's, that's good bread and butter. And then you think about, you know, you got a couple of guys like Terry McLaurin and JD McKissick are in the concussion protocol. There's just, it's just mounting there. And then besides that, you got the Eagles coming off the bye and they don't seem to have any COVID problems at the moment. Uh, knock on wood for you, but I think that's maybe where uh, it leaves. Maybe that's why it's a little bit thin when you look at some of the long shot odds, because it's so weird that you have, you know, the Falcons, the Vikings and um, the 49ers, but you don't have the football team and the Eagles there. Well, and also like, like, I believe it's the same thing. I don't think the Browns and Ravens are there as well, just because there's so much like in the air. I don't even think the Raiders were there for that same reason. So uh, unfortunately, COVID not only derailed a lot of um, these games this weekend, but also kind of derailed this game. But, you know, luckily we still got some picks in. Yeah. No, I feel confident. I feel like I'm going to go five and oh right now. <laughs> uh, I, I, hope, I hope so. I hope, you know, it'd be impressive. It definitely would be. So, um, all right, then let's go. Let's go to like the games of the week. So what do yep. you want to start with? Uh, let's start with the probably the best game in the slate that we've got on the Sunday games. Uh, Colts, Pats, both teams coming off a bye right now. Okay, Colts. but that's on Saturday night, man. Oh, Saturday. Saturday. Wow. You know, it just throws me for a loop thinking about I'm, it because I see no. that it's the top of it. So that's why. But it just caught me, catching me completely off guard. Right now, the Colts are favored by two. Both teams coming off the bye. When I look at it, I like the Colts in the spot. Both, even though both teams are coming off the bye, when the Pats – when I think about their defense, they're really solid in the secondary. And I think the Colts are going to take the lesson that they learned against the Bucs, where they went away from the passing game. They went away from the running game because they're like, oh, this is a really good run defense. And we're going to try and air it out and take it to them through the passing game, which I didn't think was a bad idea. But it's also about just not going 100% away from Jonathan Taylor, who still had a really good game in that one. Yeah, you don't want to let over five yards of carry. It's, it's tough when you let the other team like dictate your identity. So, you know, and. I, I agree with that. I think um, I like the spot for the Colts, but I can't say that I'd pick them. You know, we've sort of been seeing this with Tampa Bay a lot the past couple of weeks, but sort of the reverse. Like, I feel that Tampa was favored by – they're favored by a good amount on the road against Indy, and they were favored by three and a half at home against Buffalo. And I kept sort of thinking, like, oh, this feels like a trap. This feels like a trap. But, the, you know, they've managed to cover both times. Granted, the Buffalo one was a bit fluky, but you could argue the comeback was too. Um, you know, I just think – I like to take the better team when they're being given points. I just think New England is better. I think, um, you know, they're less mistake prone. I could see Carson having a couple of bad picks. I, I would just take New England when I'm getting points, you know, and then both teams are off a bye, so there's nothing to be said there. I know the Colts need it more, but the Patriots have never struck me as the type of team to take a week off. So, you know, I, I like the Pats getting too. I, I do. No, that's very true about the, you know, the Pats don't really have that letdown game because this is, this is definitely oh, a point do. where, this is definitely a point where you could say, this is a very much must win game for the Colts. Meanwhile, the Pats are two games up now on the Bills for the division. Obviously, they're vying for the top seed. Yeah, in the but to AFC. see the Pats could the Pats could essentially lock that division with a win here, right? Because you, you figure they're going to have maybe another like division game in there. And they play they, the they play the Bills one more time. So it's, and they play the Dolphins again too, I believe. Yeah. Um, although the Dolphins are good now, so all of a sudden that exactly. looks, you know. That, that week one loss looks better to the Dolphins, but it also makes it worse because you, you you really wish you had that one mm -hmm. and things would be a lot different. But yeah, they want to lock up that bye. So um, that home field advantage. So I think, um, you know, I, I think they're going to be trying. I think they're going to be trying just as hard as the Colts are. And I, and, and I, I like getting points with the better team. I got, a stat. I got a stat for you. The Pats this season, I know it's a small sample size, only three games, but the Pats are one and two against the spread and one and two straight up versus teams that rank in the top half in rush D DVOA. And you know where the Colts rank fifth. Wow. 
So they, they stop the run. They run it down your throat. I think they're able to take advantage of moving the ball, moving the chains against, I think, a pretty good uh, New England Patriots run defense. But right now they're ranking in the top 10 and top seven when it comes to rush D DVOA, as opposed to, you know, similar to how that, that Bills team was, where we thought, you know, they're closer probably to average than they are to a top three run defense. I think it's the same thing with the Pat with the Pats. And I think the, the Colts will kind of expose that the same way they did against the Bills. Yeah, you know, I will say if the you know if the Colts go up fourteen fast, it'll be very interesting to watch. Yeah, there's no, I don't, I don't see, I see them going more so into the run heavy approach. I don't think they let Carson drop back, which means less mistakes there. And also, I, I don't see this Pats offense coming back down from that. But imagine, that. imagine us talking on Monday in a game where the Pats won when they were down like seventeen three in the first or like early second quarter. Like, and, and then you'd be hard pressed to pick against them to win it all, right? You know, at least the AFC, certainly. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I wouldn't mind seeing them at least getting tested. You know, we thought the Bills game would be a test, but I don't weather, know. Weather, weather just absolutely destroyed that game. It, it, it was rather than rather than those two teams sort of testing each other, it was like they were sitting at separate desks being tested by the weather. You know what I mean? So it was almost like uh, you didn't get you didn't get quite the the show me what you're made of thing that you were looking for. It's just too many unanswered questions leaving that game. No, all it showed was the Pats can win that type of game against the Bills, yeah. which is a ground and pound where their quarterback throws the ball three, three times the entire game. Yeah. Which is why, which is why they probably want home field advantage. Exactly. Exactly. Cause then they, then they get to dictate that in that crappy new England weather. I mean, it's not like Buffalo's got like sunshine, like Miami, but you know, either they're more, they're used to it there. Okay, let's get to the NFC East battle. Football team versus the Eagles. We were just talking about this. Eagles now favored by nine and a half. I think when we were talking about like games that we wanted to take, the line was at like five or five and a half, maybe, maybe four and a half. And yeah. now it has started to scream up, obviously, because the football team has had, like a bunch of other teams in the NFL, a bunch of COVID issues. Both these teams, though, are fighting for the final few spots in the wild card right now. The football team has that spot. And the Eagles are just on the outside looking in. Football team is tied with them, but they have one more conference win, which is why you know, they get the uh, the over the over on Minnesota and Philadelphia. You know, the noble thing to say, even as an Eagles fan, would be something like, "I don't want to make like like you know you hate to you know win a game like this." Not that we we've already won it yet, but you'd say you'd like hate to win like this. But at the same time, man, like I want to make the playoffs. You know. I'm not glad that these guys have COVID, but I'll definitely take it. I'm not going to complain about it. I mean, you know, the lines jumped a ton. We've seen in the past, even when, like, I think back to the Jets, um, the Jets-Browns game from last year. For me, that was kind of like the signature COVID game because it was like the Browns were the clear better team, but they were just missing their, like, all their wide receivers. So it was like Hooper was the number one target. And you just, when you lose entire position groups, like the football team is having happened to them, it just, there are just certain elements of the football game that you simply can't participate in. So I think, you know, with the D line, I think this will be an easy 200 yard rushing game for the Eagles, especially if Jalen hurts is back. Frankly, I don't think it matters who plays QB. I think they can beat him either way. Um, and um, I, I just, you, yeah, you the Eagles dom- yeah, the Eagles dominate in the trenches. That's where this offense has found its identity. Thankfully they've made that switch over the season where they were pretty pass heavy early on, they've made the switch now and they've become yeah. more run heavy. And now, like I said before, five of the six starting defensive line or five of the six key defensive linemen that they w- could have had for this game are out for COVID also adding, you know, chase young's out for the season. It's, it doesn't look good for them there. There's, 
there's very little for me to believe that they will be able to be successful in stopping the run for the football team. And when that's the case and the Eagles are able to turn together, stop, turn together drives, it'll only just snowball as the game goes on, as they continue to throw Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, whoever, into the line behind Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, and all those big guys. Yeah, and as we've seen before, remember, you know, the Eagles have beaten up on some teams, right? The Lions game, they beat them by 30. The Falcons game, they beat them by 25 or 30. And so they, they definitely run the risk of falling into that. Now, at the same time, this is no guaranteed Eagles cover. I mean, a team that's sub 500 this deep in the season is never a lock to cover a spread of 10. They just aren't. So I, I think, um, you know, there's there's another alternate universe scenario where, where the football team leads after a quarter and a half, seven to three. And they're in one of those classic football team, ugly games. Eagles can't get the Eagles can't move the ball. So we'll see. Obviously I think the Eagles will definitely end up winning. Um, but if the football team score, you know, gets on the board first and the Eagles can't get the ball moving, even in spite of the lack of D line, I don't know, maybe it ends up being a, maybe it ends up being one that you kind of have to sweat out. So I, I can't necessarily say, oh, I love the nine and a half, but I wouldn't take it on the football team side either. No, I would stay away from the spread unless like the only thing I would do is maybe like a three team, 10 point tease. And then yeah, bring, or the, even, bring even the Eagles to 0.5. Yeah. Even seven, if you want to go to two and a half. That's true. Yeah. Or the, yeah. The three point tease there. I, yeah, it's just way too hard. I know somebody at work was talking about, you know, maybe these lines, I feel like these lines get a little bit overcompensated towards the team. That's like, like with the, the Raiders Browns game, the, it was Browns minus six early, like on Monday. And now it's Raiders minus one. And it's like, okay, like they're missing a lot of guys, but maybe there's value in the Browns right now. Like uh -oh. this is a team that's minus six. You're missing some guys, but it's like, you know, Baker to case Keenum and all of this, just to relate it back to the, to the Eagles football team game that's where it makes me a little bit hesitant to take the Eagles minus nine and a half. Cause it's a lot of points and there's not, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I'll table, I'll table the Browns Raiders conversation for when I make my picks later. Okay. A little tease there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Titan Steelers, Tennessee favored by one at this point, this one hasn't been hit too hard by COVID both the, or the Titans, I believe coming off. Uh, yeah. They are coming off a shutout win against the Jags and uh, former head coach Urban Meyer, the Steelers coming off, I believe, yeah, the, the Thursday night loss against Minnesota. I really like the Steelers in the spot, getting the one point at home, long week, and Tennessee hasn't shown really anything for me to feel comfortable for them offensively to take advantage of a Steelers pass secondary, which isn't great. They still won't have, what's his name? Um, they won't have A.J. Brown back for at least another week. Julio is working his way back, but you know, as a number one, he hasn't really shown that. Sorry, there's a great against Jacksonville. Yeah, exactly. And then the Steelers, when you get those the additional time, I still I'm still hesitant on this Tennessee defense. I think the Jags are just really bad. And I think they'll be able to take advantage of it with the two really good receivers they have in Deontay Johnson, Chase Quibble, obviously Pat in the middle and the running game. Yeah, I thought I, I said this on Monday. I thought that 20 nothing win was probably the week. Least impressive 20 nothing you'll ever see. Thought it said more about the Jags offense than it did about the Titans defense. And I thought it said less about the Titans offense than it said about the Jags defense on the other way around, right? You know, to only score 20 points against a team that can't score on you. And I don't know. I just, I didn't see anything great. I think with the Steelers, you know, they do veer into Vikings territory of like, who is this team? Which week are we going to get from this team? But the thing that sticks with me is that like Tomlin's never finished sub 500. They're the Steelers. They find a way. They're what, six, six, and one right now. Yep. I just think they're going to end up winning this game, right? Because if the Titans win this, they're looking at a first round bye with no Henry for now. And if the Steelers lose, they're looking at a 
sub 500 season. I just don't see it. You know, I, I just think I like the Steelers here too, in this spot, a, a decent amount, like you said, mm-hmm. I just think it sets up perfectly for them because Tennessee, yes, Tennessee is fresh off, somewhat fresh off their buy. They, they had the buy and then the Jags game. Basically a second buy. Yeah, pretty much a second buy. But we have the Steelers team on, on a long week, and especially that defense that got absolutely gashed on Thursday night against Minnesota. I don't see them, you know, having that type of effort against a below-average Tennessee offense at the moment, obviously without all those key guys that they've been missing. But they're still going to miss them in this game, and I, I expect Pittsburgh to take advantage of it. And the, the point about Mike Tomlin is, uh, you know, valid because this is a guy that galvanizes – the guys around him to, you know, kind of step up and match the expectation that he has for them throughout the season. Okay. Bengals, Broncos, Broncos favored by two and a half Bengals, Bengals fan, Bengals, uh, yeah. Bengals diehard fan, George, what are you thinking? Well, you know, when I was put on the spot on, I don't remember, I think it was Monday with the top five AFC teams and I just couldn't fit the Bengals on there. And I felt horribly about it. And we find them again, again, in another spot in a game where they're dogs in a game they shouldn't be dogs in. They should not be dogs against the Broncos. And yet they are. And I think the reason why is because obviously they're on the road. And secondly is because I think the Broncos thrive, you know, with pass defense and the Bengals, for as much as I love them, they're turnover prone and they can't, and they are often, they really struggle early and the Broncos have punched teams in the mouth. They punch the Cowboys in the mouth. They punch the Chargers in the mouth. They go 14 nothing in the in the first quarter, and the game's kind of over because now you're playing the Broncos kind of game, and that is very very concerning if you're a Bengals backer. With that said, you know, I mean I want to say that I love the Bengals, but I don't because for everything I just said, I do think lends itself well to the Broncos. The Bengals do make mistakes. They start slowly, and that's sort of where the Broncos excel. And so. I think it's a really, really difficult game. I think the Broncos are better than people give them credit for. As I've said before, I wish I could have found a way to sneak them into my to make playoff teams because I do think like this team should be taken seriously. The problem is they have a difficult schedule the rest of the way, especially if they don't get this win. Um, but man, I, I think this Broncos team is legit. I think they play hard. I think the Bengals, you know, in an absolute must-win game, aren't going against some slouch. I think this is a really interesting one. And honestly, I'd lead Broncos even if I don't want to admit it. We've seen teams like the Cowboys, like the Chargers, pass-heavy teams with really good perimeter players struggle against this Broncos secondary, this Broncos defense, because that's, you know, they've got really good corners out there. Pat Sertan, Kyle Fuller, they got two really good safeties on the back end to limit those big plays. And, you know, the Bengals, when they were were finding, finding success against the 49ers last week, when they almost pulled out that victory, it was behind the back of the big plays, behind the passing attack. And they might struggle to do so. I also would love to take the Bengals in the spot, obviously getting the points. I can't even find – it's so annoying when the line's at two and a half and I can't even find the line for three. Like, they, they have – DraftKings just does not want to put this line at three right now. They and have it's funny plus because, 105 for minus yeah, exactly. two and a half. Plus, plus 105, two and, two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, that's not ideal. Yeah, no, not at all. And I, I just – it's either for me it's going to be – if it gets to three, I will be hammering the Bengals. But it's also like I can't take the the Broncos even if it's the two and a half because I just don't want to. I just can't trust Teddy. I, I just can't get behind him myself. I just don't find the appeal to the offense to to go shot for shot with Joe Joe Burrow if that becomes the case. And I don't want to have to be like Teddy. Why are you throwing it five yards behind, you know, uh, below if, the sticks? If the Bengals, 
if the Bengals do like a play action 80 yard bomb first play, the game's already over. That's that's kind of what I think. I mean, yeah, I, I I could see that. I just don't see I could see that being the case. I just don't see it actually happening. No, me neither. I mean, <laughs> again, I've, we've talked about the Bengals first quarter struggles ad nauseum their turnover problems and then we've seen the broncos like we both just said do it to the cowboys and chargers so if like the, the, the one problem with the broncos is that if they get punched in the mouth first it becomes a serious problem but if they get out there and they land a couple combos on you first then you know then you're playing you're in their world so it, i think that the first quarter there is really really important no very true very true we saw we saw the we saw Cincinnati, you know, struggle early on against San Francisco. We saw them struggle early on against um, Chargers. the Chargers. Yeah, exactly. They were able to claw their way back, in, back into both of them, but they but, weren't but, able but to come out with a victory. At, well, but then think about the Browns game where they also struggled in the first quarter and they end up losing by 30. You know, you can't always come back from 20. No, not at all. And I mean, in, the, in those two instances I just said, they can't, they ended up losing the game. It's not even like they came back to win. So, yeah, can talk about that all day. I will say the one thing is that the Bengals really like to run the ball and the Broncos are really bad at stopping the run. They're really good at defending the pass, but they're not good at stopping the run. They were, they found success when they played against the Cowboys, they were able to bottle them up there, but they're overall, they're not really good. Yeah, the Bengals like the Bengals like running the ball, but after what I saw against San Fran, I don't know if they should like it as much as they do after I saw Mixon go 18 for 58. Well, San Fran's really good at defending the run. Of course, of course. But I think they're, maybe they're a little just sort of like, this is what we do. Like, this is what we do on first down. This is what we do on second down because it was frustrating to watch. It's weird, though. It's weird to have that because you have Joe Burrow there and you have all those weapons. You just spent the number five overall pick, not on an offensive lineman, but a wide receiver. I think people believe in, like, keeping the defense honest. I, I get the phys- – I've heard, it, like, an offensive lineman talk about it. It's about the physicality, meeting, like, in the middle. That's why you might see, like, the Titans beat the Rams despite the fact that they're missing Derrick Henry. Obviously, there were some things that bounced their way with, like, some interceptions. But it's about, you know, they, the, the Rams have struggled against physical teams that can meet them in the trenches and actually beat them and dominate them there. And that's where that's where those Eagles teams in 2017 and 2018 were so good and for the past few years have been really good despite the fact that you might not have the explosiveness or the great guys on the outside of the perimeter and passing attacks. It's about in the trenches, they're able to dominate there. So I think that's where you might see it. And in the run game, it's so much easier to be dominant because you got your offensive lineman going forward as opposed to backwards. Okay, last game that we're going to preview on, that we're going to touch on, on one that's, you know, dealing with a little bit of injury news, not so much COVID, the Ravens versus the Packers. I would think this line would be a lot closer, obviously, if they knew about Lamar. Right now, Green Bay's here by five and a half. It's, all, it's always tough to talk about a game midweek when you don't really know what the quarterback situation is. And but, he, didn't, um, he did not practice today. Yeah, but, you know, that, like, I, that still doesn't, for mm-hmm. me – point the needle in either specific direction like you know a lot of times you'll see a guy will practice on Wednesday but then he won't practice on Thursday and you think oh what's going on it's just that you wanted to get him in for a day then give him a day off you know Mm -hmm. you know you don't have to be all or nothing and and then you're all the way back in so I just think um I think it's still probably pretty up in the air I would say the line probably suggests that he's not going to play given that this is like you know seven and a half eight points on a neutral field um but I, I think I think the pack man. I, I think you know, as it stands right now, it's it's hard for me to pick against the Packers. I don't have faith that the Ravens can score for like you know twenty eight points. I think that's I think the bookmakers are taking that into account with an over under of forty three points. And so I think you know, unless the Ravens sort of 
are frisky and they do, you know, whether it be Huntley or Lamar and they're doing all this triple option stuff and a couple fluke, you know, broken plays to Lamar or sorry, from to like uh, Mark Andrews and Hollywood, like I feel like they thrive on. You know, if the Packers get out there and play their game and, and they're, they're, you know, making it work from the get-go, I just find it tough to see the Ravens keeping up with them. So the Packers put up, you know, 31-17, something like that is what I'm expecting. I mean, Devontae Adams might go for 200 yards in this one. We've Seriously. seen that we've seen this Baltimore secondary get absolutely decimated with injuries. And even before that, they were still like, even before Marlon Humphrey was injured, there were still teams that were taking advantage of him through the passing attack, like the Bengals did a few, like uh, when they smacked him 41 to 16 at home. Now you got one of the best offenses, the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks, the best wide receiver. I think both of us believe in Devontae Adams now coming yep. into town. And they're and they're riding high right now. And that's, you know, a little bit scary when you're talking about the Baltimore Ravens, like the, this tough environment, this tough team that normally will give you, you know, all the all that you can handle. But they're just so decimated with injuries there. And I think this line does indicate that Lamar won't be playing because I think even if Lamar's there, despite all the injuries, I think it's closer to maybe I think they're, they may be a little bit in the middle, but I think it's closer to like two and a half, three if Lamar's playing. Great. Not necessarily. I don't think it's the full like seven points since he's. Out. I think I think even if he was, I think. Even if, if it was a true 50 50, it'd probably be more like four and a half. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yeah. Well, that's where it's like we love, we love Bill and Sal uh, on their pond. They, they call this the Vegas zone. I think that's where it, this is where it is. The difference between four and a half and five and a half is minimal. If it was the difference between three and a half and four and a half, then I'm like, okay, this is actually like something. There. But you know, but you know, you never know, especially with all the missed extra points we've seen this year and stuff like that with like the Bengals and Broncos. You know, okay, so like last week I lost on Bengals two and a half because of like, you know, when it gets to OT, there's nothing you can really do about it because yeah. it's all decided by field goals and touchdowns and no extra points. So it's like it's either, you know, three, zero or six. That's mm-hmm. all there is. But, um, you know, I do think like, you know, it, it can happen. You can sort of get these awkward number wins. Like, um, so obviously you never know, like, you know, three sounds so good in principle, but then the game starts and there's like a couple field goals versus some touchdowns and it all goes out the window. So, you know, you never really know with this mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, the Browns, like we'll get into our picks. The, the, oh, we were talking about it before the Browns, the Browns actually fucked me. But the fact that I had two instead of two and a half was the difference in me pushing and losing that game. Or like, or you think about um, there were two games this year and somehow I was on the right side of both of them. It was Cowboys versus Patriots in overtime. And then this past week, Tampa Bay versus Buffalo in overtime. And both teams had spreads of greater than th- like, you know, three and a half or greater. So basically, and it wasn't the first possession of overtime meaning like you were a guaranteed loser unless something crazy happened and something crazy happened both times and i managed to win both so yeah i was on the bad side of that bills one yeah that was just i was like oh we're we're like we're cashing we're cash like i was like oh they're down by three like you'd be wrong to not count your money at that point like you know like of course it's in your head you know even if you have let's say you have plus eight in overtime and the team that and the team that you're playing against like scores a field goal. So then you're covering by five and you still have to be aware of the pick six possibility, right? There's always the math that can go against you, but you still like, all right, 99.5% chance. Yeah. And then just, but uh, yeah, I get into that point. I, I'm sure like other people do as well, where it's like, you know, your, your, your line's going well. Like I was betting on a hockey game last night. It's like three, nothing in the second period. I'm like, Oh, that's done. Like just count as a win. Thankfully it ended up cashing, but it's one of those where it's like, it's not one, but like, there are those instances where, you know, you have to, rever- you have to come back to, it and you're like, Oh, what's the, like, what's the percent chance of this? Like, I can't hundred percent count my money on that. Yeah. I like to, I try to, I'm like more willing to counseling as a loss than I am as a win. Me you know, too. Just like, yeah. You got to keep yourself uh, grounded in that sense. Yep. Okay. Let's get to our bets. 
a little bit of an uh, in-between week for both of us. I went one, one, and one. You went one and two. Uh, coming to our records, I'm 20, 17, and two. You are 24 and 15. Let's hope for uh, both of us. Yeah, you are you are gaining some ground. You know, the problem is I keep going one and two every week, and that just adds up, yeah. especially when you're trying to keep up a, you know. The 80% every, win rate? Yeah, every, or at least two out of three every regard. Yeah. So I'll go, I'll, I'll give, a, I'll give my first pick. I'm going to go with, um. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins minus nine and a half hosting the Jets. The Dolphins are coming off a bye week. This is a team that has a legitimate chance to make the playoffs against a Jets team that's dead. Okay, they're just dead. And um, and I think the Dolphins are peaking. I think they're capable of scoring at least a little bit. I think their defense is very solid. And so I think, you know, this should be very similar to what we just saw in the New Orleans Jets game that I believe was like, 30 to nine, I think was the final score. And I don't see why you don't see basically a rerun of the same game with slightly different uniform colors this Sunday. Uh, the one thing I'll push back on is they don't have the offensive line, the run game there. And now you have Jalen Waddle who's out, but I still like the Miami dolphins. I myself, I've placed a bunch of bets on them, whether it's teasers, whether it's, you know, just these different things with Miami. I don't necessarily like the nine and a half. I still think it's a lot, but the jets have zero receiving options. Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, both on season ending IR. And we haven't seen enough from their defense at all to limit anything. And Miami coming off the bye, I think is a really good like, spot. Like the jets score about for me, like 13 points every week. And it's like, they get two field goals and then they either get a fluke touchdown or a garbage time touchdown. And that's sort of how they end up in 13. So the question really is like, can Miami score 24 points? That's where I, I, that's where I get a little bit of like, how is, how is this total at 41? Well, don't you remember they played a couple weeks ago and the total was 44 and a half. And I was like, you know, it's crazy. This is going to end up going over, but there's no way it should. And I'm pretty sure the final score was like 24, 17 um, or something in that effect. It was the Flacco game. Um, uh, yeah. Cause and, Flacco, uh, yeah. Cause Flacco is the goat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and so the total is three and a half points lower now with no Waddle and no Zach, or sorry, and no Flacco and now Zach Wilson back. So, you know, take that as you will, but um, it was 24, 17. There you go. Um, and so, man, hopefully they'll cover this time around. Although the spread was much lower, and they covered that time too. I've been I've been testing out this 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 trend that I've seen around where it's like divisional games after after week ten are like super profitable, super profitable over the past ten years. Like last week wasn't a good week. The past in regards two, to what divisional games, the under. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I didn't get to the under. Yeah. You just said divisional games. No, divisional yeah, okay. games after week 10, the under has been very, very profitable over the past 10 years. I think it's hitting at like a 70% win rate or around there. And it's been really, it was really good. I think the two previous weeks, last week, it was not good. So I'm hoping this week we get some, we get some regression towards the mean. I think this Miami Jets game, like we were talking about, I think that'll be there because I don't think the Jets will put up really any points. Okay. We talked about this game before. I got Pittsburgh plus one and a half. I think this is a really good spot for them against a Tennessee Titans team that is a shell of themselves. And I think just hoping to get to the playoffs and have their guys start to return to form. They got the win against Jacksonville. The defense shut them out, but I don't think they'll be able to do that against this Pittsburgh offense that has weapons around them, has a quarterback that I don't think is necessarily better than Trevor Lawrence. But the fact is he has Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Najee Harris, and Pat Fryer. to throw to as opposed to LaVisca Chanel, Laquan Treadwell, Tavon Austin, who guys like you thought were on the were on like the couch at some point and coming off the long week. Yeah, the the Titans will be in the playoffs barring some, you know, absurd every single possible thing that goes wrong goes wrong, especially because so many of these teams have to play each other. Um, I want to see what their schedule is. I mean, they should just win the division, right? I mean, one more win will pretty much lock up the division. Yeah, so they've 
Yeah, so they've got at Pittsburgh versus San Fran versus Miami and then at Houston. So, so it might be like a week 18. Like, yeah, they might clinch. have to eke one out against against Houston if it goes poorly. But all right, so I like that pick a lot. I'm going to go with um, – one second, I wrote them down. I'm going to go with – oh, yeah, um, the Raiders minus one and a half. Um, okay, so I loved this number at like plus six. And obviously I was just like, oh, I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll be there on Sunday. Come to find out it moves seven and a half points by midweek, which is, you know, just ne- never ideal. But here's the thing. The Raiders should not be this slight of a favorites. You would think like the Raiders being traded, treated like they're the Panthers. Or they're being treated like they're the Jaguars when they're not. The Raiders are a good team. Obviously, a lot of stuff's happened in this season, but they're capable of winning this game. I think we're going to see more of what we saw in the second half from the Browns than what we saw in the first half, which is a team that was holding on for dear life and, frankly, isn't that good. I think the Raiders can score 24 points, and I don't think the Browns can. So, I, you know, I think this is a 24-10, something like that. I like the Raiders here. Even without Darren Waller, you think they're putting up 24? It's fine. You know, I mean, remember that game? Remember that one game he missed? And I think it was primetime, and Foster Moreau kind of went off. You know, I, he's yeah. capable. He's, he's definitely capable. You got the quarterback edge there between Derek Carr versus Case Keenum. Even if Baker Mayfield's there, I'm taking Derek Carr definitely over him. And this is a team where, you know, the, the NFL, you can't just take into what happened last week and push it towards this week. This is a Raiders team that I think that's on the downward but and a Browns team that, you know, eked out a victory against Taylor Huntley. But it's the fact that you can't really say that the Browns are particularly on the upward, even if they didn't get hit by COVID. They, they were on the upward for a half. And they were headed downwards, but luckily didn't cross zero. You know what yeah. I mean? It yeah, like- I just I just think that at some point the Raiders are going to get right. And after they get blown out again, like they have lost five of their last six games. And, you know, the, but the, you mix in the weird thing is that one win is in Dallas. And then you lose to the football team at home. You lose to the Giants on the road. I don't know. It's weird. This definitely feels like a weird spot where they could come in and just absolutely smoke them. And, you know, with all the, given all the COVID stuff, you have Kareem Hunt out, you have guys on the offensive line that are out. And then just all that leads me to believe that it'll be a tough time for Cleveland to move the ball. I'm just not sure if Vegas will be able to move the ball enough that where it leads me to believe there might be the case of, you know, you're eking this out and a field goal could be the difference. And if it bounces the right way or the wrong way, I should say you have the Browns winning. Okay, I got a seven-point tease, three-team seven-point tease. I was thinking about taking Cincy just straight up plus two and a half, but what you were talking about before, I was I got a little nervous there. So I got Cincy plus nine and a half, and then Eagles and San Fran down at two and a half. Oh, I like that. Cincy up to nine and a half. I, I don't think the Broncos have a good enough offense to really take advantage and put and blow out another team two weeks in a row like they did against the Lions. They do it against the Lions, but I don't think they're doing it again. They haven't really done this over a stretch of games. And I think since he coming off the loss has the, has the, what's it called? You know, backs up against the wall. They, they, need, they, they need it. There's no way around it. They exactly. It. So I think they come out and they, like nine and a half points. That's a lot. I would love to get to the 10 number, but I can't. Then I like Philly. We were talking about before. I don't see football team beating them given all the stuff they have on the defensive line. And given the fact that the Eagles are a really good run team, they live in the trenches behind their really good offensive line with three or two studs, two hall of fame caliber guys and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. And then their left tackle Jordan Mailata is pretty solid. And then San Fran minus two and a half against the Falcons. Falcons are just like great for them. They've gone to six wins, but we've, we've said it for weeks now. This is a team. Isn't that good. They're, they have so many deficiencies on their offense. They beat up, they beat bad teams, but they can't beat good teams. And they normally I, get blown out by good teams. So and that's what the so Niners are. I like what you have here. But the one that I, you know, I almost took Falcons nine and a half. I'm glad that I didn't 
But I will say, if I was you, I would flip Niners out and put in Dolphins at the same number. But I, I think I, I think I took that as like I took instead of Cincy, I put the the uh, the Dolphins in there. Yeah, just just give me all the nine and a half lines. So yeah, like exactly. That. I just um, think I just think we've seen the Falcons against good teams and they've gotten blown out. So you think? So would you say that the Jets are more likely to win than than the Falcons? Well, the the Jalen Waddle part of it honestly makes me a know, little bit sucks. nervous. That makes me a little bit nervous, and I just don't think there's a lot of points scored in that game. And it's just the Jets are weird. They show up on these random ass games, and it's not like two is super like this guy that I'm like really like looking the back. No, I mean the thing is, man. The thing is, like you know, as bad as teams like the Jets, Texans, and Jags are they don't all win one game every single year. And it's when they play each other. Like these guys win three games, they win four games. They find they you know, that they, they get it in at time. So, you know, you, you do never know. All right. So for my last pick, um, I know we didn't get to talk about this game cause it's tonight, but I think it's, I, I'm, I'm going to consider it clean given that, you know, you can take it. It's, it's 5 PM. Hey, give me the chargers plus three, man. We were texting about it. I told you that they're free. Um, you asked why I said, because frankly, I, I hate both of these teams and one, one of them has to win. So I may as well just hard commit with a one. Um, after I ranked chargers, number two, in my AFC power rankings this past week above the chiefs, I really sort of found myself. Yeah, You're the, the chargers guy. You're the chargers guy. Now I, I found myself in SoFi stadium, wondering how I got there. Um, <laughs> and so I just think, I, I think this is a, a big statement win. it also, you know, goes along with my chiefs plus a thousand to miss the playoffs where if they lose this game, they're tied in terms of like win loss record for division, but the chargers are going to have the double tie break and the chiefs have some difficult games to go. Um, I think, you know, both teams want this. I still need to see more from the Chiefs. It's not enough to beat the Giants and Packers with Jordan Love and then beat up on the Raiders. I don't care that you beat up on the Raiders. Let's see you do it against a real team. I know the Chargers defense isn't amazing, but that's mostly their run defense. That's their weakness. Their secondary is solid. Um, I like them. So I think it's a big, big spot for them. I think the Chiefs could be due for a letdown, even though, you know, because they have been winning a lot of games. Like no matter what you want to say, like they have been winning games. I think this could be a big spot for the Chargers. I like the three and a half number. Like my friends were like talking about whether or not we would like, which side would you take? And I'm like three, if I'm taking Kansas city, three and a half, if I'm taking the chargers. So right. if you're getting the hook, I would go with the chargers there. I would, I would stay away from Kansas city. I really like the under in this spot for this game. I think both these teams are familiar with each other. Again, it goes back to my trend. Oh, of, this is, this is like right on point for your, you know, division. exactly. But it's also like, you know, the chiefs offense hasn't been what we expect of them outside of those games against the Raiders and the Raiders again, they run single high safety a lot. I expect the Chargers to run too high safety, limit the big plays, limit Tyree Kill from getting down the field like we saw against the Raiders last week. And then with the Chiefs, I mean, their defense has stepped up, albeit there are some, you know, you can put some asterisks around it, but I still think the fact is they play solid enough to keep this one at least, you know, where they're not, the Chargers aren't scoring 30 plus like but they did in week two or three. But the, but the thing is, you know, it's it's tough to root for this under when both of these quarterbacks can throw out 60 plus air yeah. yards on the run. Yeah, right. no, that's why I don't put a lot of money into them. That's why I'm just testing it out. Because if they score, and I have Patrick Mahomes on my fantasy team. So, like, I'm rooting for him to score. It's just, you know, it gives me a little bit of something to root for if he right. doesn't end up scoring. Right. Okay, my last pick, Indy minus two. We talked about it against the Pats. I think the Pats haven't played against a dominant run team like the Colts. And I think the Colts, on the other side of it, their defense is really good at stopping the run, and that's how we know the Pats like to operate. We know they want to limit what Mac really does when it comes to going out and actually winning these games. So if you're able to make them one-dimensional with Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner clogging up the little, the middle and all the running that they like to do, 
Then it becomes a pass-happy attack. I like Matt Eberflus as the defense coordinator for the Colts. I think he's done a really good job over the past few years. And I think when your offense is limited, I think for them, where it's just about, you know, moving the sticks and constantly just moving there and running, going through the run game, if you can make them one-dimensional, I think they'll all find success there. And then offensively, I think they'll be able to run the ball against the, against the Patriots because I think the Patriots are closer to that average runoff, run defense as opposed to the elite one that we are seeing if you go by the metrics. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like it. I, again, for me, when I see a better team getting points, I just think take the better team. But I just, uh, I just don't know. I for me, I don't know if they're the better team. If you go by record, they are. Yeah, but know, like, I honestly, don't know if they are. Look, it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard. I'm a bit of a Patriots guy. I'm not a fan of them, but I just, I, I, I never like to doubt them. I never like to pick against them. And, and so, you know, you do raise a valid point. It's not some foregone conclusion they're the better team. Obviously, you'd be led to believe that based off recent performance. But remember, Colts beat the Bills too, and and they the, smacked them. Yeah, and, and that's the only big win that either of these teams have had in the past, you know, month and a half. So I think um, it, it's an interesting point. I think I'm glad that that's a, that's a Saturday night game. I mean, you know, what a treat, what a treat for NFL fans, right? This week, you know, you got um, Thursday night tonight, amazing game. Saturday night, amazing game. Full slate on Sunday and a Monday night. So this is about as good as it gets for NFL fans. So you know, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I've been the guy that's been going against the Pats. I, the one I remember is the Patch Chargers playoff game where the Chargers were just, I oh. think, the definitive best team, oh. the better team. And I took the Chargers on my count never again. And then the next week, I think I bet against them as well. I don't know. I just feel like there's always value on the other team, but there really isn't because I always end up losing. I th- I'm just going to, you know, here we go again. Oh, shit. Yeah. Here we go again, like that GTA meme. You know, it'd be it'd be great one day to see. Like, I'd love to know my profit loss betting for or betting on and betting against like all thirty two teams. Yeah. Like, yeah. what teams do I do well betting betting with? What team like always screws me over? Like going against them, the 49ers. You know, spoiler, <laughs> it's the 49ers. But um, always with them. I always bet against them because there's just there's nothing to like drag me in. It's it's I like it's the Vikings. The- it's the same thing we were talking about with them when they played the Vikings. It's like these are weird teams. They have weird quarterbacks, and sometimes if you catch them on the right week, it's like oh I love that I bet against them and then yeah. sometimes it's like oh I love I bet with them but then there's those weeks where it's like oh Jimmy throws his third interception like why the hell did I back them? The, the 49ers have got to be the team that has gotten me the most for betting against them I, I don't even think it's a debate to be honest I, I think it's got to be the Pats for me but it would be interesting it would take a lot of time going through my bets and I'm not going to do that but well, the problem is the problem is that your bets aren't all in the same place, right? You got all these sports books, you have all these like, you know, offshore deals like with friends or whatever the case may be. So just, unless you add an Excel sheet that goes way back, then you probably have no idea and you never will. Most of my shit's on DraftKings, but I'm still just not gonna, I'm not gonna scroll through all no, that for like three not. years. Okay, that's gonna do it for us today. We'll be back on Monday to recap all these great games. Hope you enjoy this one. Thank you for listening.